Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And I'd like for you to do a little something else for me, if you will, this morning, okay? At the beginning of this message, I really want to challenge you to think about the things that mean the most to you, the things that you treasure, the things that are significant in your lives. And, and I'd like for you just to stop a moment, if you will, and uh, maybe jot down the top three things that are significant in your life. You could do it there on a piece of paper. Maybe you could do it on your uh, iPad. Maybe you can do it on your iPhone, whatever you want to do. Just the three most significant things in your life. Now, let me qualify this. I know that all of you are going to put God at the top. Okay? I know you're going to do that. Or, I know you haven't been to Sunday school, but you're, you know the Sunday school answer, so you're going to put Jesus down at the top. I know you all will do that. So let's say, for the sake of argument, you just, you just don't put God and Jesus down. I know that seems blasphemous, okay? I know. Maybe if you've got to do it, put four things or five things down, okay? But let, let's kind of think about other things that are so important to us, earthly types of things, people, treasures, whatever, hobbies. I want you just to just kind of jot it down, and we're going to come back to it at the end of the message. But I want you to think about those things that mean the most to you. And then I want to come back at the end of the message and hopefully challenge you in those areas, okay? So Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is teaching. Again, you remember that Matthew records these extended teaching periods of Jesus because Matthew is trying to remind those early Jewish leaders that Jesus is the rabbi. He is the teacher. He is the authority in all areas. And Jesus will often employ parables these earthly stories with heavenly meanings, these short true-to-life stories told to teach some type of moral or spiritual point. Jesus has been teaching and he's utilizing these parables. And in verses 44 through 46, he gives us two parables, very brief parables, but they are challenging to us. Listen to what Jesus said. He said again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So Jesus is telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is the same as the kingdom of God. Matthew, addressing mostly Jewish readers, would have used heaven because the Jewish individuals, they would hate to use the word God just by using that name could be irreverent. So they use this terminology, the kingdom of heaven, which also we understand is the kingdom of God. And while we know our God is so sovereign over all, we know that our God reigns over everything, I think what he's saying here about the kingdom of heaven is that reign which God has upon the hearts and lives of men and women who have submitted to him and surrendered to him. In other words, the kingdom of heaven 
would be made up of us. Those of us who have accepted him and given our lives to him. He says, the kingdom of heaven, this idea of God's reign and this idea of God's salvation and redemption in people's hearts and lives. He said, it, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this man who goes out and he finds this hidden treasure in the field. He finds that treasure, he hides it back, and listen, we're not going to talk about the ethics of that guy, okay? Jesus is not trying to tell you that this is ethically correct. He's just trying to make a comparison to you. He finds that hidden treasure, he hides it again, and he goes and sells what he has so that he can buy that field. Again, the second parable is likened unto the first. That there's this merchant. He's out there and he is trying to find the most beautiful pearl. He's trying to find the most magnificent pearls that anybody had ever known. And he comes across this one costly pearl. This beautiful pearl. In which he goes again and he sells everything that he has. So that he can purchase that pearl. I say to you, don't stretch the details of these parables. We get in trouble often when we stretch the details of the parables. Again, Jesus is not sanctioning the ethics of the first guy. Also, Jesus is not saying that in some ways we buy into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not saying that. You and I, we come into the kingdom of heaven because of what he did for us, right? We come in not because we are able to buy something. We come in because he has purchased us through his blood. So don't stretch the details too much. Rather, what you need to see in these parables is just this main point. And every parable has a main point. The main point of this is that Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is more valuable. The kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything else. The kingdom of heaven, obviously, is embodied in Jesus himself. Remember when Jesus walked this earth, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is near. The kingdom of God is very close. And what he was talking about is that Jesus himself had come as the king. And he had come to bring the kingdom to this earth. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus himself embodied the most valuable possession, the most valuable relationship that we could ever know. Jesus is the treasure to be prized. Jesus is the treasure to be prized in our lives. Think about it just for a moment. We all have our own treasures. Uh, I asked you a moment ago about some of the things that are most important to you, but Think, if you will, first about just some of the earthly treasures we have, some of the things that we enjoy. I mean, God has blessed us greatly. I look around in this uh, sanctuary and, of course, there in the gathering, and you and I have got to admit that God has been so good to us. I mean, just materially, just, just blessings in our lives. Most all of us in this place, He has rained down His favor. He has shown us his delight. He has given to us so many different things. I, th I was thinking about it, obviously, this week. 
uh, as I was working through this message of just how blessed I am. Incredibly blessed. We're, we're about to go into Thanksgiving season, but I'm convinced you and I ought not to wait till Thanksgiving to be grateful to God for what he's done for us. It ought to be an everyday experience. You and I, we, we have a place to lay our head at night. We have a roof over our head. We have clothes. We are able to sit down and eat. Glory be to God, I got two lemon icebox pies this week. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Please just say amen. I've got a family. I've got a wife my kids. I've got a church. I've got so many friends. There are so many blessings. It's overwhelming to think about. Things we treasure. Things that we treasure in our earthly possessions and the house, the car, the, the rifle we can shoot a deer with. All those different, all kinds of earthly possessions that God has given us and has blessed us with. And yet, what these parables say to us is that Jesus is the most valuable treasure we could ever have. That Jesus is a treasure that is to be prized. What we do often is we take these things that we have and we clean them up and we, we shine them because we care for them. Sometimes we'll make sure that we put them in a safe in our house so that people can't get to them, so that we can protect them. And yet, all those things pale in comparison to the treasure we have in Jesus, to who he is. That's the reason that this man, when he found it, when he found this hidden treasure, when he found the kingdom, when he found Jesus, he went and he was willing to give up anything and everything so that he could possess this treasure. It is the reason the merchant who is looking for these beautiful fine pearls, when he finds just the right one, he is willing to give up everything and all that he has so that he can have the pearl of great price. You and I need to be reminded that Jesus is the treasure that is to be prized above all, that he is the valuable one in our lives He's more valuable than earthly possessions. No wonder earlier in Matthew, when Jesus again was in this extended teaching period, this that we call the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, he said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, or where thieves do not break in and destroy. Even then, Jesus said, don't think about just the temporal, the earthly things. Don't think about the treasure just that you have here. Don't be trying to accumulate, piling up more and more and more. But rather, think about the heavenly spiritual treasure that you have. There in that passage, he said, where moth or rust destroy, or where three thieves break in and steal. Moth. What does a moth attack? Clothing, garments. In the New Testament age, one of the ways in which you demonstrated your wealth, your accumulation, is that you had good clothes. It was a sign 
of who you were and your economic standing, your social standing. So he's saying, even your good clothes, a moth will attack and will eat. I remember a few years ago, I walked into my closet. I had, a, I had this green-looking suit. I loved it. I think Leslie hated it. But I loved it. And I put on the jacket one day, and it had these little, like, holes in it. And I was like, Leslie, what have you done? We looked at it all, obviously, a moth. And maybe she had released a bunch of them in my closet that day. I don't know. But had eaten my coat. Because our clothes are temporary, aren't they? They go in and out of style. They wear out. Rust. What does it affect? Obviously metal. Currency of the day. Which again would show your wealth and your accumulation, your treasure. It says, it'll rust. Oh, everything seems to rust, doesn't it? Hey, yesterday I was out. We were going to power wash the, uh, the, the drive. And uh, I was getting out this, this uh, pressure washer, uh, which I borrowed from my dad 12 years ago. And uh, I hope he's not listening to this so that he I just realized he'll know I still have it. But uh, anyway, at the end of it, the knobs, they had all rusted. I had to go and get some new tips to go on it and all of this kind of stuff. They just rust. Where thieves will break in and steal. That means anything. It's not just clothing. It's not just metal or currency. Thieves, they'll steal anything, right? Some of us have had people to break into our house. And we know what it's like to feel violated. We know what it's like for people to take stuff. Some years ago, they broke into my parents' house. I was still living at home at that point. And they had taken uh, the pillowcase off of my pillow. And they obviously had put the jewelry in it. And they had stolen our guns and all of that. And my mom came in that afternoon, actually. And uh, she was trying to get in the door. And not, we didn't realize that the guy was holding the door on the other side. And she was trying to get in. And uh, my mom is about this tall. I don't know if you saw it. She's about this tall. But you don't want to mess with her. Next thing I knew, she was running this guy down in the back. I'm like, Mama, you are 65 years old. What are you doing? I was, you know, because they had stolen her stuff. All these earthly possessions, they're so temporary. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven is what Jesus has said. Again, in Matthew, the same word for treasure that's used here. The idea is, again, that Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, is the treasure that is to be prized above all other, above all other possessions. I would even say this to you, that he is the treasure that is to be prized above all other earthly relationships. Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? When you think about it, Think about the earthly relationships that we have. Think how God has blessed us. See, I often say that one of the greatest things about this life is God lets us live in relationship with other people. With other people, whatever that would look like. In our family, our 
parents, obviously, our children, our spouses, the church context, community, friends. There's some great relationships, wonderful relationships. And yet, your relationship with Jesus is to be prized above all other relationships. Unfortunately, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I think that we allow other people or other things to, to be prized more than Jesus is in our lives. It's rather a dramatic illustration that I experienced some years ago. As this gentleman came to my office, it's been almost 15 years ago, and he was talking to me about his wife who looked like she was leaving. He looked at me and he said, Brother Reggie, he said, I can't take it if she leaves. And I said, well, let's work on it, man. Let's see what we can do. He said, I, I, she's not going to listen. She's not going to. But Brother Reggie, I want you to know that I can't make it in life if she doesn't, if she's not a part of my life. And I said, I understand the concern. I understand the relationship. Let's just work on this. And he looked at me and he said something that I'd never really heard before. And yet I'm afraid that too many people live in this reality. And that is he looked at me and he said, Brother Reggie, I want you to know that she is my God. And I said, Chris, man, that's part of the problem. Nobody can feel your expectation like God can. Nobody can meet your needs like God can. I know you love her, and I know that is an expression of your love, but understand, there cannot be another God in your life. It doesn't matter if it's your spouse, it's your child, or whoever. He left my office that day, and I've never heard from him since. And it always troubles me. And while most of us would never, ever, ever make that confession, unfortunately, sometimes we live as though these other relationships are to be prized more than our relationship with God. He is the most valuable treasure. More valuable than your children. More valuable than your grandchildren. More valuable than your spouse. More valuable than your parents. Remember what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 10. Again, the gospel of Matthew. Chapter 10, verse 37. He said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus was not trying to be harsh. He was not trying to separate us from our family relationships. That wasn't just what he was trying to do. What he's saying is when you compare those, the relationships you have, with the relationship that I have with you. He says, this vertical relationship that you have with me should always trump the horizontal relationship that you have with others. It's to be prized more. Jesus is the treasure to be prized. Jesus also is the treasure to be prioritized in our lives. If he's to be prized, now listen, 
If he is the greatest thing, if he is the most valuable, then that means also he is to be prioritized in our lives. In these two parables, notice what happens. They go and sell everything else because they understand that the kingdom of heaven is the greatest priority. They understand that this that they have found is the greatest opportunity that they have. That Jesus, that he is to be placed first above everything else. So when I tell you that he is to be prized, oftentimes we're good at making that confession. I joked about it a moment ago, but all of us probably would have put at the top of our list, Jesus, especially if we thought our neighbor was looking at our list. But it's more than just making a confession. These folks didn't say when they found the treasure, oh, look, it's the greatest treasure I've ever found, and just leave it there. Or the other, the merchant, oh, this is the most beautiful pearl, the most gracious pearl that I've ever seen, and just leave it there. They prized the treasure so much that they went and prioritized their lives. They sold what was necessary so that they could purchase the treasure. I say to you that God requires us more, to, more than just confess it. He requires us as disciples to live like he's the number one of our lives. It's more than just saying, yes, he's the greatest treasure. Oh, yeah? How does your life reflect that? How does your life reflect that he is the greatest treasure. How are the decisions? Where's your heart? Are you willing to give some things up if they come between you and your relationship with God? Are you willing to give those things up? <coughs> some of you who are dating, and I say specifically to you, are you willing to give up your boyfriend or your girlfriend? If somehow it is not good for your walk with Christ, oh, now you're getting kind of radical. You're kind of moving into some areas. Are you willing to give areas of your life up so that you can serve Christ more effectively? Are you willing to prioritize things and say, hey, Jesus comes first. It doesn't matter about all this. Jesus comes first. If so, it will revolutionize your life. Think about those of us who go to work every day. We go to work, and if we have prioritized Jesus, then it's not just about making money. Now, I am grateful I get paid. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Budget's coming up. Just um, We all minister. We're grateful to be paid. And God does teach us to work in order to get paid. I understand all that. But there's got to be a higher perspective of our work. If I'm just trying to accumulate more treasures here, if it's just about that, then I'm just going to be each day, okay, I've got to make some money, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that so I can build my kingdom up. But if I recognize that Jesus is the highest priority even in my work life, that means that when I'm at work, what I'm doing is working not just for my immediate supervisor or boss, I am working for the Lord himself. What's that term we've used around the church here for so long? 
the idea of work is worship. That my work each day is service and worship. And it doesn't matter what you do. Remember, vocation comes from the, the Latin vocar, which means to call or a calling or a summons upon your life. And that's more than just the preacher. That's each and every one of us. That we're not there just trying to lay up treasures here on this earth, but we're there working so that we can lay up treasures in heaven itself. I was in a Bible study this week, and we were talking about the treasures of heaven. And yes, I do believe that there is some type of reward that God has promised those of us who are faithful. I see that out throughout the New Testament. I don't know exactly what all that looks like, but I do believe that there, there's a crown of life. I do believe that there is a reward of victory itself. But I'll never forget my high school Bible teacher, Mr. Covington, years ago when I sat in his class. And he would teach through Matthew 5. And he would get to that verse about laying up treasures in heaven. And he would remind us, he would say, look around. He said, I want you to see everything that's around you right now. He said, What's the only thing that you can take to heaven with you? You can't take the chairs or the desk. You can't take the table. You can't take your cloth. You can't take all that stuff. What can you take? You can take each other with you. See, one of these days, all this stuff's going to go away. All, even this sanctuary. But guess what? The only thing I can take with me is you. So I want to lay up as many treasures many of you in heaven as I can, and I hope that you're out there laying up treasures and people in heaven so that one day we can enjoy what God has prepared for us all who have been called and who have given our lives to him. That's the priority. If he's the treasure, if it's about him, then that means that we not just prize him, but we prioritize him. And you've always heard that all you got to do about our priorities, how you got to gauge our priorities, look at our bank account and look at our calendars. I'd say now you probably ought to also look at our credit card statements. And you'll never realize what a priority Walmart was in your life. But what are your priorities? If he's the treasure, if you prize him above everything, do you live like it? In the way you spend your money and in the way you spend your time? Are you doing it for the glory of God himself? Because this is what I want to just kind of bring us down to. He is the treasure that is to be prized and prioritized. He is the treasure that is to be pursued daily in our lives. Now, I know that prioritizing and pursuits kind of goes together, but let me, let me just attack this at a different angle just for a moment. In these two parables, you have one who is going through the field and he finds this hidden treasure. It's kind of like he just stumbles over it. Now, some might suggest he was actually looking for it. If it was hidden, maybe he was digging, he was looking, but 
According to what we just see in this story, it's just kind of like he's there and he finds the hidden treasure. Like he stumbles over it. The merchant, when he goes about his business, he's actually searching. He's seeking, the scripture says. He wants to find the most beautiful pearls that he can find. And in this search, he locates the pearl of great price. So I want you to hear this as we talk about pursuit. It doesn't matter if you feel like you've stumbled upon it or if you've been seeking after it. When you find the treasure and you find that it's Jesus, that's all you've got to know to know life and joy and fulfillment. It doesn't matter. Some of you may say, I, I kind of stumbled in here this morning. Just kind of off the path. I, I wasn't necessarily planning. I got an extra hour of sleep. I thought, God ought, I thought I ought to thank God for extra hour of sleep. So I just showed up at temple this morning. Some of you may have come this morning and said, hey, I'm actually here. I, I, I really have been wanting to seek some things. Really, it doesn't matter who you are, what you find yourself in. When Jesus presents himself to you, you have the opportunity to know him and his joy and his life and his forgiveness. Whether you've stumbled upon him or you've been seeking him. All the joy. I don't know if you caught this about that first parable that I read. But it says, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. In other words, he wasn't like, oh man, I got to get rid of my stuff. I can't believe, oh, man, let me, let, me, let me do all this figuring and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sell it all in order to get this. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. When he finds something of this worth and value, when he finds this treasure, he gladly sells it all because it was out of his joy that he went and gave up everything because he had found everything in Jesus. That's us, isn't it? John Piper said this. He said, you are converted to Christ when Christ becomes for you a treasure chest of holy joy. That's when you're converted. When you recognize that all this other stuff, mm -mm, it's not going to bring you joy in life. It's not going to bring you Forgiveness, it's not going to bring you peace. It's not going to. But when you find that Jesus is the treasure chest of holy joy, that's when you're truly converted in following him. And you pursue him. Some of you this morning, you're pursuing all kinds of things. You're pursuing things that you think will bring you joy. You're trying to accumulate wealth and treasure but I say to you again that he is the treasure of all treasures. Some of you are in and out of relationships. Some of you are trying to find the right person. And maybe it is 
demonstrated through your sexual expression or whatever else is going on in your life, I want you to hear this day that he is the love of your life. He is the only one that will ever satisfy you. He is love itself. Some of you this morning come into this place and you've been trying to all these different things, maybe some drugs, opioids, whatever else. You've been trying to drink your way out of it. You've been trying to pursue all these things. But I want you to know that there is no high like the most high. That Jesus himself is the only one that can, that can attend to your need and your heart in your life. You can seek all the treasures of this earth. And you will never find joy. Matthew records this for us because Matthew knew Matthew had done all the accounting. Remember, he was, he was the tax guy. It was as though he had, he had brought the ledger sheet and he had made all the different entries. And when he looked at it, he recognized that there was nothing more valuable than Jesus. So when Jesus extended the invitation, remember the simple invitation he, he gave to this tax collector? Simple invitation, follow me. When he extended that follow me, Matthew followed because he knew he had found the most valuable treasure to be prized, prioritized, and pursued each day. I say to you, pursue him. And don't turn back. If he is the most valuable, don't turn back. When all that other stuff comes from behind you and tries to bring you back into that old lifestyle, you don't turn around because you recognize there is no joy in that any longer. The joy is only in Jesus himself. It is what Jesus said, what was recorded in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, we have to pursue him with everything we've got. Got to pursue him. He's worth it. Did you hear me say it? He's worth it. He is the treasure of our lives. What will it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his own soul? You could gain all this world you could build all of your kingdoms. You could have all the relationships here. But if you don't know the true treasure of Jesus, then you forfeit your own self and who you are. My friends, he is the treasure. That list you made, think through it. Is there anything on there? Is there anything on there that you prize more than Jesus this day? If it is, take a moment to repent of your sin, just as I have to do in my life. And say, Lord, I'm sorry for those things that have come between me and you. Help me get the priority right. Help me pursue you daily. Help me as I enjoy who you are and your treasure in my life. Today, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, you come and accept him. You trust him.
Today, if you're pursuing other things, and you say, I'm a believer, but I need to come back. You need to come back. Come back today. Today, may we let God do his own business within us so that when we walk out of this place, we can truly say it and we can truly live it. Jesus is the treasure. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time, these moments together. God, thank you for sending your one and only son on our behalf. Father, we pray that we would treasure him, that we would prize him in our lives. I pray that our lives, our priorities would reflect how much we value Christ. Father, I pray that we do pursue him with everything that we have as you give us grace and energy. God, be with first that one which is lost in this place. May they run to you. May they accept you. May they declare to all that are here that you are the treasure. Father, for some of us that, Lord, we just kind of turned away for a little while and we forgot what a costly, beautiful pearl you are in our lives. Lord, Remind us again, show us the beauty and help us to come back to give you glory and honor. Now, Father, bless us. Speak to us during this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.